When people think of therapy, they sometimes think it's brainwashing, scary, intimidating, unnecessary, indulgent, or for weak people. But really, therapy can be healing, eye-opening, empowering, exciting, transformational, and connecting to yourself, but also those around you. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. Thank you for joining us as we journey into our favorite types of conversations. Conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. So here we are. We decided to finally jump on the podcast bandwagon. First episode. That's right. Doing this from our own homes, which is comfy and convenient. Yeah. It's nice to be able to do things in comfy clothes. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening to the very first recording of our podcast. And we're going to jump in by just giving you guys an overview of who we are how we kind of came to be therapists, what that journey looked like, and really the decision that we made and around why doing a podcast now. Danae, do you want to start with who you are? I'm Danae Logan Salkin. I'm an associate marriage and family therapist and yoga teacher living in Southern California. Love podcasts. I feel like I'm kind of a podcast junkie and I'm always sort of you know, searching for podcasts that get into the depthy conversations that I love having with Vanessa, who's one of my best friends. And I think as I search for those types of podcasts, at some point I thought, you know, it would be really great to do this with my girl. So excited just to have some of these conversations that we love to have on our own and share them with other people. Because I think what resonates for us usually resonates for a reason because it's something that's alive sort of in the collective experience. I agree. It's it's one of those things that we've talked about, which is we could spend hours and we have spent hours talking about this kind of stuff and you know, bringing it to the people or bringing it to kind of street level as my my boyfriend likes to call it because this isn't these, you know, these conversations, they don't have to be these like heady conversations that only therapists have, or, you know, only people that have had the the masters or the PhD or read the books or whatever. I mean, to your point, this is all part of our collective psyche. And I think that everybody can benefit from these topics that you and I just, I think intrinsically love to explore. So I am Vanessa Bennett, and I am also a therapist in the Los Angeles area. I also do a lot of online coaching. So I work with clients all over the globe on a lot of different topics, whether it's my therapy clients or my coaching clients. Really, we tend to work on a lot of life transition stuff. Codependency is a really big topic for me. That's something I work on with a lot of my clients. And on top of just kind of the myriad of coaching and and therapy topics that we cover. I also am a writer and like Danae, a yogi and a seeker and all the things, constantly curious. I am a New Yorker, a native New Yorker. (laughs) So I think the intensity comes through. I'm getting used to the LA vibe. We are good friends and we have these conversations anyway. So why not bring you guys in on a little bit of our inner journey and our inner dialogue? Yeah. And I think what we have both found in our experience of sort of, you know, through social media, bringing some of these conversations into the world outside of just us, that there's a real hunger people have to have these conversations about Mm -hmm. these deeper, you know, existential questions or what I'm seeking to have a little bit more of in my life or what feels like is lacking in my life. So 
a lot of the conversations that we have in therapy rooms or with people as they're, you know, doing coaching sessions, I think that we're both finding there's a real hunger for people just to have these conversations in general. So it's not just us that sort of geek out on this stuff. Right. I mean, I think you can even see that in the explosion of the wellness world, you know, not just like the kind of, I, I like to say very commoditized wellness world, but when you look at Instagram, for example, and you look at the explosion of like Instagram therapists mm-hmm. and how many of those spiritual and therapy communities have really risen up, I think, from this realization that there is this hunger to have these deeper conversations to, I don't know, question ourselves to have these like inner lookings, you know, and, and so Danae and I are part of that world too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we both obviously follow a ton of therapists and a ton of spiritual seekers and healers and all the things. And we're part of that dialogue as well. We both have our own communities. And and so I think it's actually really amazing to watch the transformation, I think, of social media and how that's played into this, this whole journey. now let's talk about how we came to be therapists. So we'll give you guys a little bit more background on us and what that journey looked like. Those who know me know that it was years and years in the making. I was actually in corporate for a really long time. I was in advertising for about 10 years in New York City. And I was a producer, uh, strategist, marketing manager, all the things, worked for some of the biggest brands in the world, did the whole kind of, you know, 60 plus hours a week, pulling nights until one, two in the morning, pitches for clients, all the craziness. And Everybody always told me how cool my job looked and and I know from the outside it did. And when I was probably 22, I thought it was really cool too. And then there was just something I knew always that was missing. I've always been a bit of a hippie per se and a seeker and somebody who knew that I was kind of meant to work with people, be in the healing space in some capacity. So I hit about 25. I was very stressed out, very overwhelmed. I know now on the other side of it that I was really rapidly approaching burnout. And so I was just kind of irritable and really angry all the time and Granted, I know that's kind of also a New Yorker thing, but it really got to the point where I was just, I knew I wasn't happy, but I didn't know why. So I started my own therapy journey and it was life altering. It was, you know, blew my mind. I mean, it blew me wide open, to be honest, and did a lot of self-discovery and really kind of found out so much about myself that really put things into perspective and gave me kind of guidance. And I, I still wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I started to explore avenues within the areas that I knew lit me up. So uh, I love yoga. So I took a yoga teacher training. I love nutrition. So I took a nutrition program training. I, you know, all these little things. And I just kept kind of seeking and gathering information. And then eventually a couple of years in my therapist, actually, who I still love and is amazing and transformational for me, she actually brought up Pacifica Graduate Institute, which is where Danae and I both went and mm-hmm. said, you know, this is something that I think you should check out. It, I think you'll really think it's interesting. So Long story short, I took a journey to California by myself and I drove down the coast and I stopped Pacifica and I had this like out of body kind of experience where I was like, holy shit, I need to be here. This is exactly what I was looking for. And so over the course of the next year or so through getting into school and working full time in corporate while going to grad school full time while commuting back and forth between New York City and LA every single month for the program. And then eventually packing my bags and making the move. And here I am. I'm in LA and I'm four years in and it's a totally different new world. There was a lot of stuff that went into that. I've been asked this question so many times by people. How did you make the 
the transition, you know, what did that look like for you? People want to get out of their stuffy jobs or jobs they hate. And I always just kind of reiterate, it's a process and it's Mm -hmm. not something that happens overnight. You really just have to kind of find the breadcrumbs, I guess, and just keep following them and, and let the path kind of illuminate, you know, on its own. Love that. And, you know, I feel like I'm always struck you know, because I'm familiar with your story. And <laughs> I've heard, you know, a little bit of what you just described in the past. And I'm always struck by as different as we are, how many similarities there are mm-hmm. sort of within the weaving path that we took to get to this point. And, you know, I think that that's sort of how it synchronistically works that you find your tribe, the people that feel like home to you based on values, based on that, you know, common way that you drop into questioning to seeking some of the things that you talked about. And, you know, I think I really related to what you were saying and that similarly, I grew up in the Midwest, which is certainly a little different from New York. Very much, I am a woman of color. And so growing up in the Midwest certainly impacted my experience of what it felt like to grow up in my skin. And, you know, I I think I always was sort of overcompensating a little bit for feeling uncomfortable. And what that looks like when I was young was that I was really a party girl. I wanted to be, you know, with the in crowd. I wanted to be wherever the parties were happening. I never wanted to be left out. And, you know, after college, I feel like what felt like a natural career progression for really liking to party was that I would do publicity and I would like put together parties. And so I worked in publicity for movie studios for the first five years after college. And it's, you know, so funny to me now that that was my work because it was very much 24-7. You were on, you were planning, you were partying. And it's so different from what is sort of my actual state of comfort. And, you know, it wasn't until years later that I realized that and couldn't really understand why something always felt off, why I always felt like I need another drink to be comfortable in this this room, to be comfortable in my skin, you know? And so I think being in a career that was so out of alignment with the truth of who I am, I sort of reached a breaking point where I was like, something isn't right. I got to get out of here. And for me, it was always, I got to get out of here. I got to move to a new place. And that looked like New York. And so I moved to New York in my mid twenties and started, you know, waiting tables and really started to drop into my yoga practice, which I had recently discovered. And I found that yoga was the first time that I was like, consciously embodied, right? So I was in my body and allowing myself to be in my body. And it was like, it was like a spiritual experience for me. I felt like such a deep internal shift and it made me start to question so much, you know, so much of the discomfort that I felt at other times, so much of what had been going on for me that I hadn't really been conscious to. And so that sort of felt like the beginning of the questioning. And for me, when I came into my body for the first time, I realized how disconnected I had been and how much struggle there had been around that. And so I started therapy really to sort of deal with some body image stuff and, you know, an eating disorder that I hadn't really realized was going on. And that was why I always felt like I needed to have some control. There was a lot of restricting, a lot of exercising to the point of like, kind of like, you know, abusive to myself. I I found a therapist when it sort of reached a breaking point and I realized how much this was a space that I loved to be in. You know, I am an extremely introverted person, so I don't necessarily love to be talking about myself, but there was something about being in the container of 
a safe space where that was what we were there for was just to talk about me and for someone to be asking me questions that I'd never really thought about that was such a powerful shift for me. And I really fell in love with that process of asking these deeper questions, looking into what motivates our behaviors and the things that we do. And so I feel like that was sort of the first step into that love affair of asking these questions. And it continued, you know, I taught yoga for a lot of years between New York and LA, but you know, therapy was always sort of the the consistent thing. I had like a few different therapists and coaches that, you know, we always say that you sort of plant seeds with people, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like I had therapists that would say things to me that maybe at the time I didn't really understand or I really wasn't able to take in that years later I would, I would just be like, oh, that's what she was talking about, right? Like that's what she meant with that. But I think it's really beautiful that therapists can be sort of people along the path of our journey to bear witness to what's going on for us and to sort of start to plant seeds and get us to think about things maybe a little bit differently than we might otherwise. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love what you said about this, this idea that like therapists are just those people that are with us on this journey. You know, I, I recently am, am starting to transition some of my clients that have been with me for a really long time out onto their own. And I'm really feeling that right now. I'm feeling this kind of like, I'm there with you, even if I'm not seeing you all the time, right? And and now realizing and looking back at my own therapy experiences, I mean, like you, I've kind of seen multiple therapists and coaches and they've each helped me in their own way. But realizing that each one of them in their own way has like planted themselves into my psyche and into my heart, right? And and that's just kind of the way it goes. But I But I feel like that also happens when we have these kind of deeper conversations right? It's like you and I along the way, I feel like I've learned so much about myself in the conversations I've had with you, right? Like it doesn't just have to be necessarily in a a therapy setting, but taking these things that we talk about in therapy and then bringing them into a larger world and questioning each other and challenging each other and turning the mirror around is how this work continues to kind of get deeper and deeper in our lives, I think. Yeah. And, you know, to the point of what you're saying, I think it is about that, that space of going deeper and deeper in your conversations, right? Because Mm -hmm. I do, that's where we learn about ourselves. And what I think is so beautiful, not only about our friendship, but about, you know, the, the space that we cultivated in grad school and the community of people we were with, that we would be in a container where it felt safe to ask these questions of ourselves and challenge ourselves to go into places that might not have felt safe in our daily lives, right? And we would go there and know that we were held and we would have other people, you know, on that same journey with us of getting to know themselves. And I think ultimately, yes, there are several different schools of therapy and ways of working in a therapeutic setting, but ultimately it is about someone being there with you, bearing witness to your asking questions and you mm-hmm. contemplating what it is to be a human. I think it's a good transition too into just talking about the fact that Danae and I both practice or come from a school of depth psychology. And I jokingly say this slow every time because a lot of clients think I say depth psychology. <laughs> depth, uh, depth of the P. Do not be alarmed. Uh, <laughs> do not be alarmed. It's depth psychology. But, you know, I think that depth being a school that's come out of the Jungian tradition, the, the tradition of Carl Jung, I think is one that is it is a psychology of the soul, you know, psyche meaning soul really. And, and it, it's there to help us ask those deeper questions. There's always going to be a place for the behavioral work. There's always going to be a place for neuroscience. I mean, I'm a mindfulness junkie. So of course, neuroscience is huge for me too. And I find all that fascinating. But I think that that's a layer on top of 
the soul, right? So I think that you and I were primed, not just coming into it because we were already seekers in, in that way, but I think that this kind of program for us really primed us to have these larger conversations and push people to have these kind of conversations. Like the clients, I mean, I'm sure you can probably agree, but the clients that make their way to me are not ones that just want to learn some tips and tools and tricks. They might think that. And then when they start working with me, there's almost this realization that like unconsciously, probably they actually wanted something deeper. And, and I think that that's why they found their way to me as a depth psychotherapist versus somebody who might, you know, specifically practice CBT only or something like that. And I think as, you know, as depth psychotherapists, mm-hmm. we sort of say that that is synchronicity to that, right? Like psyche is sort of entering the space and bringing you the exact person in the exact moment in their journey, you know, not only for you to sort of bear witness to their experience, but also them to sort of reflect back to you, whatever you are supposed to take from them. So there's a synchronicity and there's a you know, for both of us, it's an experience of connection. Right. I mean, do you want to talk about that a little bit, maybe this idea of like the therapist's healing as well and how that happens? Yeah. You know, I I mean, I feel like it's funny before I went to Pacifica, I ended up doing some work with addiction and drug and alcohol counseling. And I kind of felt like, well, one, I felt like there was a lot more information that I wanted to have. There were so many people with dual diagnosis and I felt like really ill-equipped with the amount of education that I had working with some of the populations that I was sort of thrown into working with, but also there was so much difficulty in working in that space, right? Like so many people relapse. There's just not a lot of hopeful stories a lot of Mm. times that I felt like I was encountering. And I was like, I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't even, you know, honestly know if I'm cut out for this just because it it felt really heavy a lot of times Mm -hmm. really dark. And, and, you know, I say that to say, while I come from, you know, a background of recovery, the clients that end up somehow making their way to me just synchronistically, not necessarily people struggling with addiction, but as I think so many people are touched by addiction, there ends up being something that I feel like flows through me and I have to offer to the conversation, right? And vice versa. Like I certainly get something back from every client that I sit with. Mm -hmm. I learn something about myself through every client that I sit with. And it's funny because as therapists, we have conversations about who we're working with. And sometimes we'd be in school and someone would be telling me about a client and they'd be like, you know, I'd be sitting with the experience of what they were telling me, like, oh my God, I would have no idea what to bring to that client. And, you know, we would have this awareness, well, that's why they're not your client, right? Mm -hmm. Because the person finds you that needs to find you based on what you have to offer each other. Right. Yeah, that makes total sense. And it's also, you know, to build on that, it was me being in a state of transition right now and transitioning some clients, you know, kind of out onto their own. I had this conversation the other day where with one of my clients and, and she was kind of working through some of the emotion that was coming up around her not being able to see me anymore. You know, we had this conversation about how it is a relational experience. This goes back to us craving this kind of these dialogues and craving these kind of relationships and, and, and a space to be able to go to the depths and really, and really talk about this stuff. And I just said to her, I'm like, it is a relational experience, right? Like I'm learning from you just like you're learning from me. Like there's this mutual and constant kind of evolution and change and mirroring all these things that go into it that as a therapist, we're so honored. I feel so blessed sometimes to be able to do this work because 
it's yeah. both of us, right? Like we're, we're all in this together and it really does. It's not me as teacher. I'm not just sitting up at the front of the room, giving you a PowerPoint of what you need to change, right? Like it's an alchemical process. Like we're both being kind of boiled down and, and changed at that kind of very, very primal level, I think. As we started doing this podcast, one of the things we wanted to make sure that we covered in some of these episodes was we all hear these misconceptions about what therapy is. And I think through this conversation that you're going to hear Danae and I have, and then as we kind of move further along into what this pod's going to turn into, hopefully you'll get an idea for what therapy is and what therapy is not. And maybe it'll better equip you to be able to go out and find the therapist that actually is able to provide you with what it is that you're looking for, right? If it's behavioral techniques, that's amazing. There's a ton of therapists out there that can give that to you too. But if it is that you're somebody like Danae and I, who's just seeking this deeper soul connectedness, then there are therapists like that out there too. Danae and I being two of them, right? And we know plenty of them. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it's really important to touch on the fact that therapy isn't just about somebody giving you tips and tools and tricks. It's, it's so much deeper than that, if, if you want it to be, than if you let it be. Yeah, 100%. And I think for both of us, what we're hoping will come out of this is not only an opportunity to explore some of these deeper conversations, but also the spark of curiosity. And I think mm -hmm. that's so much of what the depth psychology experience brings is, you know, we meet everything with curiosity versus, you know, sort of like, instead of why is this happening to me, it becomes a conversation about like, how is this happening for me, right? Like, what am I supposed to be learning from this? I think both Vanessa and I work in a way where if, you know, whatever it is that is the challenge in front of us, what is this here for? What is this here to wake me up to? What is this trying to get me to pay attention to? So it becomes everything as an opportunity versus as, you know, struggle for the sake of struggle in my life is just not working for me. Like, well, how is this, you know, presenting me with an opportunity to rise into potential or mm -hmm. to transition out of some place that I've been stuck? Yeah, I love that. We kind of talked about why a podcast now, right? We talked about the, we're both really hungry for something deeper that we just didn't feel existed out there in the world of podcasts and that we really wanted to be able to capture these conversations and bring them to you because we know that if you're listening, you're probably like us in the fact that you are a seeker and you're craving this like deeper stimulation, right? So we are hopefully here to help provide that for you. The even bigger hope out of this is that you can then take this and find that tribe for yourself where you can actually have these conversations because not everyone is going to be able to go there. Not everybody has the capacity or the willingness to want to go there. And that's okay. You know, I know Danae mentioned she's an introvert, you know, and so I know for introverts, small talk is incredibly difficult. Now I'm the opposite. I'm an extrovert. I could talk to a brick wall about the freaking weather all day long. And she's not kidding. I've watched her do it. <laughs> And be, and be content. And at the same time, I also do want to have those deeper conversations. But we have to know, like, who can we do that with and who can we not do that with? And that doesn't mean anybody's right or wrong for us in terms of friendship. It just means, like, you have to find those specific people that you can go there with. And so maybe one of the other hopes, I guess, coming out of this podcast is that this stuff will stimulate you to think about how you can bring these deeper conversations into your day-to-day -day life and not just kind of get it here, but also get it in, in your life, too. No, and, and just that we are all connected, you know, and that I think that we are hungry for connection now in a way that maybe we haven't been in a while, right? I think mm -hmm. that we certainly hear so much of that 
with clients coming up. And so hopefully this could be a little bit of a catalyst to, you know, if you feel like the people around you don't have the tools to have these conversations, well, maybe this gives you an opportunity for it to be modeled with how it's done, right? Like how do we start talking about things that matter to us, things that we're struggling with that we don't want to feel alone in the experience of? Like, how can I start to invite other people into the conversation with me? Right. And you don't need to be a therapist to do that. That's also hopefully what what we'll get into. You know, (laughs) we all like, I mean, we've said it a couple of times, we're both seekers. Like we've been desperate to have these kind of conversations since we were probably in our early to mid twenties. You know, we only just now are therapists. So don't think that this is like a therapist only podcast. (laughs) Not even a little bit. So I guess we can talk about what you can expect the next episodes of the show to be as it, as it takes form and shape and grows and bear with us because this is new for us too. And I think that it is going to evolve and I actually hope it evolves, right? I mean, that's, that's part of the journey. How, how is it going to get better and grow? And eventually we'll get to a place where we're asking for, you know, listener feedback and questions and all those awesome things and, and grow just from what you guys actually want and are asking for and are hungry for. But obviously what you can probably first and foremost tell, it's going to be a lot of Danae and I just kind of geeking out on the stuff that interests us, topics of self-exploration and and going deeper and really just kind of rolling around in all of that stuff. Yeah. So we used to drive back and forth to Santa Barbara for school once a month for the weekend. And we just used to have these conversations during the drive and we would, you know, just completely geek out on these depthy conversations. So a little bit, this podcast will sometimes be a little bit of a window into the conversations that Vanessa and I have. So. (laughs) <laughs> and then, don't worry, it's not just going to be Danae and I talking the whole time. We are <laughs> going to bring in some of our favorite people. And we're going to mix it up a little bit, I think, between some kind of interviewee conversations with some of our favorite people about, you know, these similar topics, like Danae said, really like depthy conversations, maybe about their journey, about their, you know, mental health, anything in, in, in their lives that we feel like other people, not just us, can connect to and that, and that you guys will be able to connect to as well. So hopefully an opportunity to learn from some of the people that we feel inspired by, that we feel like we have these types of conversations with, and that hopefully there will be some value to, you know, listeners in them bringing information to the podcast through what they share. Right. And then the combination, you know, like I said, that's one one side of it. And then the other side of it is we actually want to bring you guys some live, we're going to call them coaching sessions with people where we, you know, just kind of dig in and, and find out what's happening with them. And Danae and I can provide our own, our own spin on, I guess, or take on how we would show up in the room with a client, right? So whether it's a therapy client or a coaching client, how we would actually show up, the kind of questions that might come up for us or, or you're, you're going to get to like, I guess, experience how we might work. Right. And, and you'll get to almost have that bird's eye view as if you were like staring in and watching a session really happen. We want to do that because we think that it's so important for people. Again, this is this idea of kind of like the stigma and the things that we hear about therapy and coaching, but also this kind of stuff is exactly what is grease for the mill for these larger conversations. Mm-hmm. So it's in these conversations, it's in these sessions with people who come to us with these kind of things they're grappling with or whatever, that this deeper richness of, of questioning and exploration and all this stuff comes from, right? So we're hoping to give you guys that too. 
Yeah. We find that psyche takes over in the room and whatever is supposed to come up is what comes up. And, you know, I think Vanessa and I both have had conversations about how people will be like, what do you even do? Like, there's just such a, if, you know, if you've never been to therapy, it's like, I just sit in and people just start talking to me about myself or what does that even look like? How do you even start? And I think if you've never done it, this gives you an opportunity to sort of drop into a therapy session. And because we are all so connected, inevitably, I think you will hear some of the things that we all grapple with in other people's stories. And it might give you a little bit of an insight, a little bit of a, you know, thought about maybe how you can tackle something that you've been grappling with. Exactly. It's kind of like you just might randomly hear something that maybe you needed to hear and mm. uh, didn't even know you needed to hear it. Absolutely. And then I guess it, this is a, probably a good time for us to say that uh, with the intention of doing these kind of recorded coaching sessions or therapy sessions that, you know, we are both active therapists and coaches as well. We both kind of wear both hats when appropriate. And we do plan on having some real sessions with real people. Obviously, we do want to make sure that people understand that this show is entertainment, right? It is for entertainment purposes. This is an actual therapy. We're not in our offices. We're not, you know, functioning under that umbrella when we have these like kind of fun conversations where Danae and I get to like, you know, poke and question and, and dive in with these clients that, that are putting themselves out there for us, right? I mean, obviously we're going we're gonna to get their permission, but they are putting themselves out there so that you guys can listen in too. So we just want to make sure that everyone's aware of that. We'd like to have some questions that sort of run through the theme of the shows whenever we bring people on that we're interested in having some deeper conversations with. So we thought for this first episode, it would be fun for us to ask each other our three questions. I think the, a really good one to start with that Danae actually came up with this question, and I think this is a, a, a beautiful one that throws a lot of people off, but it can really bring up a lot of like deep introspection is the question of what breaks your heart? What breaks my heart? I think people feeling alone in their struggle breaks my heart. You know, I, I know that at one period in my life, that was certainly me. So it's something that I can relate to the experience of anxiety and depression when that's where my clients are. I can relate to the experience of feeling like you need something outside of yourself to be okay in your skin, whether it's a substance or another person or a behavior and just really feeling like I'm struggling. And if anyone outside of me knew that I struggled in this way, they would not love me. They would not want to be around me. It breaks my heart for people to feel alone in their struggle. And so I think that's part of what really makes me feel so honored to be able to hold space for people in this way. I feel like I'm able to pay forward a little bit of what was given to me every time that I'm able to hold space for someone who's struggling, grappling with something. And it also breaks my heart when people feel like they have to stay alone in that. You know, I mm -hmm. think that's a big part of why I love that we're doing this, you know, that hopefully we'll be able to be a catalyst for therapy not being so scary, the idea of getting help with what you're struggling with not being so scary for people. Because I think that there is always a way to sort of shift things. But, but none of us can do it alone, right? Like Einstein that said the same brain that sort of created the problem can't sort of find its way out of the problem. So 
we, we need support. All of us do. There are none of us who are able to do this thing called life alone. So what breaks your heart be? It's interesting off the cuff. I mean, without having really like sat with this question or thought too much about it prior to us jumping on this, I think what initially came up for me was also this idea of connection. So I guess similar to what you're saying, but the, the way or the angle, I guess that it was, it came through for me was I sat with what regularly, I was struggling between what breaks my heart and what breaks my heart open, because I think that they can be two different things or they can, they can have overlap as well. But I find myself really being continually heartbroken over the mass disconnection that we have right now in our world. So disconnection with our globe, with Mother Earth, our disconnection with nature, our disconnection with other people, our disconnection with ourselves. And, and I think that so many of the quote unquote issues or problems that we see nowadays can actually, I'd say, I'd say actually probably every single one of them can be traced back to this, this disconnection. All of this climate change and everything that's happening, I find that that's what overwhelms me the most these days. And I think that through my work with clients, it gives me hope that there are actually a lot of people out there that not only are feeling that same kind of heartbreak around that same topic, but are also out there seeking to be more connected and to be more heart-centered and to approach life differently than I think a lot of people now do and also generations prior to us have been kind of trained to, to survive and live. And so I guess what gives me hope is that I do feel like we're at the start of some kind of shift when it comes to reconnecting, right? At like a, a global kind of collective level. You know, and I love that both of us on some level are talking about this um, feeling of disconnection being the thing that breaks our hearts. Because I think that, you know, we've talked about so many, not so many, almost everything can be traced back to these mental health issues, like these ways that, you know, we either had healthy attachments when we were little or we didn't. And that sort of framed our viewpoint of the world. And whether it's, you know, the disconnection from the earth that we all need to live in and how how we're destroying it, or it's a disconnection from you know, our leaders and the way that we're showing up for people who are less fortunate or whatever the issue is, I feel like it can all be sort of pulled back from that original source, right? Yeah. So us realizing we all need each other to solve all of these problems. We need to get back to a space of connection. And I think that's why you've seen this blow up in social media and podcasting and all these, of course, technology has been leading the charge, but it comes back to that, right? I mean, even social has changed so much, even just in a couple of years. It's it, like I was saying earlier about these communities that are forming online around like therapy and wellness and health. It's like, there are people out there like us that feel this disconnection, I think, and are, and are actively seeking to connect or actively working to change that disconnected feeling for other people, not just for themselves. So tell me about what flow space is for you. Given the opportunity, you would do this thing all the time. It's when time just flows and you aren't even aware that, you know, the clock's been ticking. You just lose yourself in it. And this thing is what you love in this life. What's that for you? Oh, um, <laughs> so... <laughs> 
I would like to say that I actually know exactly what that looks like for me, but I actually think that I'm at this point in my life in a period of rediscovering what that is. Mm -hmm. I know that there are a couple things that have always been like a tried and true flow space for me, which is being in a group of people who I love and I'm super extroverted. So when I'm around a group of people who I, I really enjoy and everyone's talking, conversations flowing, and, and there's just this feeling of like, I don't know, vibration kind of pulsing energy and everyone's like super into being there and being connected, that is probably a time when I, I lose track of time and what I would say is like a flow state or a flow space. And then, but as far as like, just for me on my own, like, is there something that I'm finding alone that can put me into that? I'm working on it. I think that that's actually been part of my, part of my journey, right? Is, is figuring out what that looks like for myself. And I think that that is an extroverted person's journey is uh, we do tend to put so much going outward, energy outward, and that it's important even as an extrovert for us to learn what it looks like and what it feels like to pull it inward. And so I recognize that that's probably part of what I'm, I'm working on now. So interesting from the extroverted perspective, you know, because I think that one of the things I love about our friendship is how much we have the opportunity to learn about someone who is sort of your polar opposite and yet you have so much in common with. Mm -hmm. um, I think that my flow state is, you know, similar in terms of connection. I think these moments of, you know, at school, I feel like we used to have these like dyads and these um, group therapy essentially sessions where we would really get down into the conversations of life that you don't talk about every day. And I think that is when I am in flow state. I led a retreat this last October, a group of women just like really connected in a safe container of talking about the things we don't have the opportunity to talk about a lot. And, you know, being in that state, whenever people are dropping in, feeling safe, talking about things that feel like, you know, below the surface, that for me is flow state. That is when I could just, I could do it forever. I could have those conversations forever and time just passes like nothing's passed. So, you know, I think there's a time when definitely, and still, you know, the right yoga practice, I'll feel that for sure, that space of being in your body in that way, I can feel it, but definitely these conversations. So I love when there's an opportunity to do it. I love when there's people that it feels safe to drop into that space with. So thank you for being one of those people for me, Vanessa. Same for you. Yeah. And I'm excited to be able to do something that feels like flow with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. See guys, extroverts and introverts have more in common than you think. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We into each other's yang as well. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin.